Welcome to the Nutrigenomic Nation podcast with Brian Highfield, certified nutritionist, author, speaker, and founder of multiple successful companies in the health world. Brian is known for educating healthcare professionals and others on improving their health and their life through breakthroughs in nutrition, technology, and biochemistry. On the podcast, Brian interviews thought leaders in the world of nutrition and natural health. He and his guests share the secrets of a whole life natural approach to health and the life-altering results you can get by making easy changes to your diet and daily routine. All right, welcome to Nutrigenomic Nation, where we talk about nutritional-based healthcare technology and emerging trends related to your genetic health. And we have a very special guest on this episode. We have Courtney Ross. Courtney is a certified functional medicine practitioner and a certified personal trainer. She holds uh, multiple nutritional uh, certifications. She's a specialist and a health coach. And so we're very happy to have Courtney. Courtney, welcome to the episode. Thank you for having me, Brian. So first question I'd like to ask all of our guests is really a little bit about your background. Our listeners want to know what drove you into the nutritional field. And so why did you choose nutrition and functional medicine as a career? And how did you get started? Well, uh, it goes back to before I did anything in fitness. Uh, My background was in modeling, and um, I saw how unhealthy a lot of people were eating. Growing up, I had a ton of allergies, so that helped to curb some unhealthy habits. But, um, you know, I had some minor surgery, and I had to be sedentary for a while. And once I was able to move around again, I started to realize what a gift it is to be able to move. And I started working on my own body and I transformed myself and thought, you know, maybe I could help other people do this too. Um, Moving your body and fueling your body properly, um, while none of it is, you know, really difficult, there are nuances to things. And, you know, it's all about what you put in your body. Food is medicine or food is poison. And everything that we take in send signals throughout our body as to how to function and how we utilize food. So it's, you know, it's just something that the more I got into it and the more I started to learn about the science and see how the body actually works, the more I wanted to know because you end up down a rabbit hole and then you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know this. And then you start down another one and it just, it just keeps going. Awesome. So just for our listeners, I mean, they may not know what functional medicine actually is. Can you just help explain what the difference between functional medicine and, and maybe just what a normal doctor's visit that they may be familiar with. What, what is the difference there? Um, so functional medicine is basically considered to be root cause medicine, which means that if somebody goes to a functional medicine practitioner um, with a symptom, um, you're going to go to that, that doctor or that practitioner, and they're going to try to figure out what the cause of that symptom is and eliminate what is causing the symptom. If you go to um, a traditional doctor, a lot of times what they'll do is say, okay, this is what your symptom is. They will diagnose you with something. They'll, they'll put you in a box and you have X, and then you get prescribed something to push that symptom down. So there isn't always um, a path of trying to eliminate what is causing the problem. It's more about trying to medicate the problem away so that you don't feel you, like you have a, a specific symptom anymore, but it's not necessarily eliminating the symptom. Okay. So um, is, there, is there testing that you do to, to basically show what's going on in, inside of the person that, that's going to help them? Yes, there's a lot of different types of tests involved, and it depends on what um, type of symptoms someone is presenting with. 
Um, you know, usually you'll start with basic panels that any doctor would run, but a lot of times the difference with something like those is even going to be the ranges are smaller. So, um, you know, you can find out that, you know, um, your thyroid, for example, is in the, you know, the, the conventional range for normal, but people will be having symptoms. And then the doctor will say, well, you know, it's, it's normal. So we'll just watch it when it falls out of that range. Here's your prescription. But um, functional ranges are going to be smaller. So you don't have as much leeway. So then as soon as you start to get to those outskirts, that you could start introducing, you know, usually it ends up being, you know, a nutritional intervention so that you can start to assuage those, those issues before you become really symptomatic and start to feel kind of crummy. So, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is, it is testing and there's going to be smaller ranges so that you can kind of dial in a little bit better. So the, the folks that are kind of seeking you out and, and just looking for help, are, are they see you as, as kind of a, a last resort, like they've been to several doctors and they, they, they're just not treating the root cause as you said it. And so that's, that's why they're coming to you. It depends. Um, you know, it's interesting. My, you know, my, my gym clients that I see, um, a lot of times I hear about their issues before their doctor does, because I'm seeing these people, you know, three days a week sometimes. So I'm spending more time with them. And, you know, if I'm spending 30 to 60 minutes with them at a crack and, you know, you, a doctor's appointment is what, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I hear about these things way, you know, way more often than their doctor will. And that's part of what drove me down this path to continue to learn because I would have people come to me and say, you know, this is going on and the doctor doesn't know. And, you know, I feel like this, I feel like that. And so I started to um, advance my own education so that I can try and help them. And then it just kind of snowballed. But, um, you know, I, I see both and it just depends on if I know the person or if they know somebody that knows me or, you know, if it's someone who really has been, um, you know, struggling with, uh, like, for example, mold toxicity is a big one. You know, it's, you get the phantom symptoms. You don't know what they are. You get diagnosed with fibromyalgia or, you know, or something like that. And it's kind of, you know, this brain fog, the things that are, that are considered vague that, you know, people will struggle with. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned, you know, you work a lot of people inside the gym. And so I want to, I want to find out more about the needs and nutritional needs of, of athletes. And so, um, high performance athletes, for example, are, are someone who sees themselves as, as wanting to excel in whatever sport or um, athletic field that they, they choose. But how are their nutritional needs different from, from an average person? Well, they typically need to be a lot stricter with their diet, depending on what their goals are. Um, I have a client who just, uh, he got two pro cards. He's a, now he's a professional um, physique athlete and um, so he got two pro cards just recently and you know his diet had to be spot on when you're a fitness competitor it really comes down to diet most athletes of that nature enjoy working out you know they don't have a problem getting in the gym and doing what they need to do there it comes down to what you put in your mouth that will really make or break your body on stage because it really comes down to the nuanced you know, fat, carbs, and proteins that you're taking in. And then, you know, that last little bit, you know, you're even restricting water and all that kind of stuff. So peak week isn't really the healthiest thing, but it's something that is necessary to really be able to show off your body when you're on stage so that they can see symmetry and see, um, you know, where your strengths and weaknesses are uh, as far as muscularity and things like that. But, you know, typically, you know, most athletes are going to have a higher protein demand because they're going to have more muscle on their bodies. So, 
they need to eat a little bit more frequently. Intermittent fasting sometimes works for athletes, sometimes not. You know, it depends on are they male or female? How old are they? So that's part of what is so fun about, you know, nutrition is there really is no one size fits all for everybody. I mean, there are some basics that are good to live by for everyone. But when it comes down to nuancing um, a, a, a diet for someone, it really gets down to what are their goals and how old are they? What gender are they? Things like that, because it really does make a difference. So let's just talk about the average person who wants to be athletic, you know, who, who wants to be working out more and is trying to make a change in their life for, for the positive. What are some basic things that they can start with um, as far as their, their food intake and their nutrition, their, their nutrition? Well, the first thing is eat real whole foods. Um, shop the perimeter of the grocery store. You know what I mean? Eat as much organic as you can because it really does make a difference. Buy the best quality food you can. Um, you really can't shortcut things like that. Your body, the younger you are, the more resilient your body is oftentimes. And you, know, you can bounce back, back quicker. You can still have a good amount of energy if you don't get sleep, that sort of thing. But as you get older, you know, our, our toxic body burden tends to get ramped up. And, you know, if you're not eating clean, it's a lot easier for your system to get bogged down. It's a lot easier to have low energy. It's a lot easier to be kind of dragging a little bit in the morning or, or even, you know, later in the day. So, you know, the basics are going to be eat clean food, um, try to stay away from gluten as much as you can, or, you know, eat organic, um, you know, make sure you're getting a lot of good, um, healthy fruits and vegetables and the real thing, not like weird fruit bars and processed things like that. Um, and basically, don't believe label claims. You know, if it's in a package, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed to not be getting as good a nutritional profile as you will from eating, a, you know, real whole foods. So do that as much as you can. And, um, you know, listen to your body is a big one because you know your body best, you know, you might be lifting, you know, working out with a partner and they're following a certain diet and you're like, all right, well, I need to get better at eating. And so I'm going to do what they're doing. It may not work for you. You know, you really need to listen to your body and see what your nutritional needs are. Yeah. And I see that all the time. You know, when I'm at the gym, I'll see people see someone who uh, seems to be the epitome of fitness and they ask them that question, like, Hey, what, what do you eat? What are you taking? <laughs> and, and, and they, they assume that it's going to do the same thing for them. And as you said, it, that not might be the case. We're very unique in, in our DNA and, and what our nutritional needs are. Yeah. And that's a big one with supplementation. You know, I mean, you see all these people, you know, repping supplements and, you know, these big muscly guys or these, you know, muscly girls. And, you know, they think that if they take this powder or if they do this pre-workout or whatever, then they're going to look like this. And that's really not the case because typically, you know, they got, they got paid to hold up this product and say it's great because of how they looked. They didn't end up looking that way because of the product. And so, which doesn't mean the product's bad, but you just really need to, again, read labels, understand what you're taking and why, and look for as few fillers and the highest quality that you can. Awesome. So what, what um, when you talk about quality, what, what are some things? Are we looking for certifications, any type of independent research or things like that on some of these supplements? Because people are supplement crazy right now. I mean, they're going to GNC, they're going to the, to the grocery aisle with a lot of supplements and we're inundated and we just don't know what's good and what's bad. What do, what do they look for? Yeah, you know, and, and that's funny because I was that girl before I got into functional medicine that like I would go down to the drugstore and just 
buy whatever I needed. I was like, oh yeah, I have, I need this and I need this. And now I think, oh my gosh, like what was I putting in my body? Um, you know, my, my whey protein is typically going to be grass fed. Um, you know, you eat what the animal eats. And if the animal is eats, eating, you know, conventional GMO sprayed with pesticide grains, you know, it's coming down the line, you're going to get the same thing. So, you know, all my way is going to be grass fed. Um, I try to look for, you know, minimal processing, minimal sugar. Um, NSF certified for sport is a good thing to keep an eye out for because then you know that there's not going to be a bunch of extraneous things in your products. I mean, there are products that have been pulled because they've had trace amounts of steroids and things like that in them. And, you know, most people don't want that. I mean, and you don't want to put other hormones in your body that aren't supposed to be there because you don't really know how you're going to react to them. And you don't know the quality of them. So, you know, if you can't trust where something came from, you really don't want to put it in your body. Um, because if you're really trying to make yourself better, um, you want to be as high, you know, quality as you can, as you can afford. And stay away from as much of that. You know what I mean? A lot of times if you work out in the morning or if you're going right after work and you're tired and you need some pre-workout or you need some caffeine, okay, do it. But that's not something that you want to be doing like three times a day and, you know, doing all this crazy stuff um, because you're typically going to get your, your highest amount of nutrients from real food. Great. Uh, you work, I know you work with a lot of uh, bodybuilder athletes and, and I think you were one yourself, right? Yeah. 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 I compete. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, and so um, I want to talk a little bit about just some of the, uh, basically the obesity epidemic that's going on uh, right now. A lot of people looking to uh, lose weight, um, but healthy foods are, are abundant inside the U.S., but yet we're one of the fattest countries in the world. Um, and we're leading the, the statistics. I don't want to interrupt you you froze, so I oh. lost. Sorry, yeah, I think you froze a little bit too. So I'll, sorry, I'll ask a question. Um, talk about just uh, obesity a little bit. So healthy foods are, are very abundant here in the U.S., but yet we're, and we're one of the richest nations in the world, but Americans are leading the statistics when it comes to obesity and related disease in a lot of cases. And um, why, why, what's your opinion? Why is that and, and what can we do about it? Um, a big part of it is I think we're overscheduled, you know, kids are overscheduled, their parents are overscheduled. And so it's way faster to just go to a drive through and get what you need. And you're out in five minutes. It's cheap. It's easy. You don't have to think about it. You say, I want a number, whatever, mm -hmm. and you're on your way. And that couldn't be worse for your body. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, most of those meats are not really meat. And, you know, like, I don't really want to eat transglutaminase in my burger, so, you know, I haven't, I don't even know when the last time was that I ate fast food and growing up, I was the queen of cheeseburger and fries. <laughs> so, um, you know, I've been, I've done a 180 myself for the most part and it's not easy. It really takes discipline and it takes planning. And so, you know, do we have an abundance of healthy food here for sure? But it also takes time to plan what you're going to get from the store or have it delivered, and then really take the time to either look up recipes or spend a few hours on the weekend or, you know, a couple hours, a few days a week and meal prep. You know what I mean? Make a bunch of whatever it is that you need and portion it out and put some in the freezer or keep it in the fridge and really take the time. And I feel like, um, you know, a lot of people, especially women, you know, uh, like moms tend to put themselves last. 
So they're not going to eat as healthfully as they should because they're too busy doing something for their kids or for the husband or, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's, you really have to value yourself enough to say, I'm going to make the time to go get the quality food and spend a little extra money, spend the extra time. Because once you get into a system, it's really not that tough. But if you go from one extreme to the other, it does, there is a little bit of an adjustment period there for sure. So really people have to be intentional about, about their health is, is really what you're saying to kind of sum that up. You've got to, you've got to intend to do it. You've got to plan to do it and then actually do it. And the other part of what you said is uh, it's, it's a habit really. So we got to break those old habits of just doing whatever's convenient and, and doing more of what's, what's doing the long-term good uh, inside of our body. Is that right? Yes. Being healthy isn't, isn't hard, but it's not simple. And so, you know, it's, it's not that any of this is these, you know, huge things that we need to do. It's just eat an apple, eat an orange, cut up some vegetables. And, you know, if you don't like those things, you know, our food supply, most of the processed food that's out there was designed to be addictive. We don't need sugar in tomato sauce, but it's one of the top ingredients. And so, you know, when these things are created to be addictive, you go and you eat real food sometimes and it tastes kind of bland. And so sometimes we have to retrain our taste buds and take a little time and experiment with herbs, experiment with spices, see what appeals to you and, you know, start, you know, kind of creating some things from scratch to find out what makes your palate happy so that you can then recreate those things. And then as you start to have a little bit of success, then you want to branch out a little bit more and a little bit more because I am not a fan of cooking. And the easiest way for me to make vegetables is I roast them in the oven. Everything gets chopped, seasoned, and roasted. And then I can forget about it and I can get on with doing something else. So it doesn't have to be an enormous time suck. But like you said, you do need to be intentional about it. What about, um, what about what we drink? But in terms of, of alcohol or sugary drinks and, and just plain old water, what, what are some things you recommend to clients as far as what, they, what type of beverages they consume? Yeah, um, I, I do not want, I, I like sugar. So I do not want to drink my calories because I would rather eat them. And so um, like this is, you know, I don't really drink out of plastics. This is my, my mason jar. And, you know, it has a plastic flip top, but then it keeps lids from getting rusty and things like that. Um, but I always tell everybody, drink water. It's not, you know, but your water can have a lot of bad stuff in it. You can go to ewg.org and put in your zip code and they will tell you what is in the water where you live. And I have a feeling that if you've never done that, you will be shocked at what you're consuming. And so I have reverse osmosis at my house and I remineralize it and you know, put all the healthy stuff back into my water because I drink a lot of water every day. Um, I don't drink soda. I was always allergic as a kid, so I never really, you know, drank much of that anyways. I try not to drink juice. Um, I'll have a little bit on occasion if it's organic, you know, but um, I don't want to drink my calories. I don't have to. I'll make a smoothie or a protein shake or things like that, but there is nothing better for your body than just good, clean water. You know, if you drink coffee, okay, Try not to make it a fat bomb, you know, um, try to find mold free coffee, buy good quality coffee and use good purified filtered water. You know, I mean, there are a lot of filters out there that are only kind of doing, you know, an okay job, but you know, water is life. You know, we can't survive without water. And so the better quality you can put in your body, the better functionality you will have on the inside for sure. Awesome. Great advice. 
So we're, we're coming to the end here. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you really want our listeners to, to know? How about don't underestimate the power of sleep? You know, if you want to be healthy, if you want to eat well, you know, those things are all huge, huge components to health. And another big one is going to be quality sleep. Um, You know, there are repair processes in the body that can only happen when you're asleep. So those nights of staying up and doing all those things, on occasion, of course, we all have to do it. But your most restorative sleep happens between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So if you can sleep during that time, and I I wear an aura ring, and I look at my app, and I could see it shows like deep sleep and REM sleep, and I can see like when it when it bottoms out, and it's always between that time frame. Mm -hmm. And you know, I prioritize my sleep. My friends laugh at me like I'm in bed at like eight (laughs) o'clock, but it's it's huge to me. I don't feel good if I don't get a good night's sleep, and my job is to be someone else's cheerleader, you know, the next day, like helping them in the gym, helping them feel better, find solutions to their problems. And if I'm going to function optimally, I need to do what's right for my body. So I encourage other people to do the same so that they can be the, their best selves and for the people that count on them also. No, that's great. Great advice. Not, not a lot of people really put a priority uh, on their sleep, but it is, it is important as you pointed out. So uh, last question for you, Courtney, is where can our audience go to learn more about you or connect with you? Um, my website is missmoxiefit.com and you can go there and message me there. Um, and, uh, you can find me on Instagram at moxiefitnesscle with an underscore between each one. And, uh, I'm here if I can help. All right. Just don't reach out after eight o'clock because she's in bed as she just pointed out. No, you will not hear from me until the next day. That's great. Our guest has been uh, Ms. Courtney Cox. She's a functional medicine practitioner, nutritionist, and personal trainer. So from all of us at Nutrigenomic Nation, I hope you enjoyed this discussion today with Courtney, and we hope you join us next time when we can discuss another topic related to your good health. Thank you so much, Courtney. Thank you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>